スロットドーンシュ
Oh no, I know. I was, I, no, that was the that was the Mario statue, the fat Mario from uh, Satellaview. Oh yeah, that's the Satellaview. It's like a statue mm -hmm. that they gave out from the. That was like in a game for Satellaview. Oh yeah, and the, the guy, BS Mario Satellaview thing. I don't. Yeah. 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 Dude ended yeah, up. He, he ended up grabbing it because nobody bid over six hundred, and he turned around and said he was going to sell it for double that, like twelve hundred. So I was like, yeah, that's. I don't even think Pat wants to pay twelve hundred for that thing. Uh, there's one thing I want to pay twelve hundred dollars for. Almost did. Oh yeah. Well, so you're talking about the Soccer Wars two standee, right? Yeah. And there was a dude who offered twelve hundred, and Steve was still like, yeah. <laughs> well, no, he sold it. He, oh, he was going to offer it to him. Did yeah, he? because he had the cash and stuff and was ready to go. And I'm like, dude, Steve, go for it. So I didn't. I didn't realize that it got sold. I thought that it was. No, kind he of... didn't sell it. He he ended up backing out because oh. he had no way to bring it back to yeah. wherever the fuck he was. I don't know where he was at, but yeah. To be fair though, I kind of was happy. I, I actually wanted him to sell that for that. It's like yeah. I I just want. I just put up that honestly. I don't know if it's actually worth like what I offered for the th thousand, but it was worth it to me. So it was just like an offer that was. There was no way that anybody else would go up above it. Well, your but tiny little did. Power Stone standee is worth like a thousand, right? If, uh, last offer I got was like for fifteen hundred on. And it. this thing is life size. The Soccer Wars yeah. two thing is life size. So I'm you imagine... can actually you yeah. actually make out with it. And I didn't do that, Steve. So <laughs> I I didn't try to kiss your stand. I didn't kiss your standee. So. Uh, yeah, the don't, snatcher uh, hunt was unsuccessful. We we saw it at a game store, but it was like fourteen or fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kay says we all bumped our heads in his car. He has like a Shelby, uh, Ford Shelby, uh, and it was amazing yeah. car, amazing car. Really pulled on the freeway, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I bumped my head a lot in that car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing. The thing is, is that it's, it's weird. I'm a short dude, mm -hmm. uh, relatively short. I'm five seven. Yeah. Even I was. Bumping my head on the back seat, like, oh my god! Like Dave was, Dave's a bit taller than me, and he still I was. A I, bit I, I, I had to sit in the fetal position just to fit in the back seat. Anyway, we have a ton of news to go through on the website, Pat. Do you wanna? Do you wanna show off any pickups real quick before we get right oh, into right. news? Oh right, I should probably get those. I'm I'll, I'll do mine. I'll do mine first, and Pat you can, can show his. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So yeah, we go to this game convention and and like I hardly bought anything. I um, but since we were at Steve's booth and Steve has like really good deals, I was just like, oh, I'll pick up a couple things. Well, first of all, Pat made me these mixtape or he made so he did blow up Suzuki Isao Trio Quartet Midnight Sugar uh, cassette right there. So that's cool. And then he also did uh, he also gave me Toshiki uh, Katamatsu C is a lady. So, a couple of cassettes, and uh, that'll be cool. And then, of course, uh, a couple Japanese games. I got uh, Side Pocket 2, so that's uh, like a pool game on, on the Saturn. We got uh, Mystery Hospital J, yeah, the Mystery Hospital RMJ. This is a great game, actually, that I would love to see uh, translated in the vein of, like, uh, Lunacy. In the vein of Dude, they, they, made, they made a Michael Jackson game for the Saturn. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? MJ, uh, and exactly. then of course uh, Sega Bass Fishing Two, or uh, actually Sea Bass Fishing Two. Sorry, not Sega Bass yeah. Fishing. Not you to be confused. Those cassettes, right? But yeah, and I showed off the cassettes. Those were awesome. Um, yeah. What else? So I only got some CDs. I also got this from Steve. Picked this up for Jesse, and he is just loving it. 
he like I brought it home and she's like that looks just like yours you know just like so uh, happy yeah he was so happy so he's been playing he's been playing a bunch of Genesis games in his bedroom he has it hooked up to his TV uh, got our little our little placard thing from the panel and the and the uh, whatever the program this is another thing I, I got and I'll be real quick so one little bummer about going to PRGE was that I actually missed my brother-in-law who actually came down to visit like they just happened to be driving down to Southern California uh, at the same time that I was gonna be up in Portland and so they got to meet with Meg and they got to meet with the kids um, they went to some car shows and stuff like that but when I got back I saw this on my desk out here or, or on my little table out here in the garage and well, you did is, your car show of your own. This is a this is an authorized 3DO dealer oh, nice. sticker. This is like a bumper sticker, like legit from back in the day. 3DO and the 3DO logos and trademarks authorized or logos of the tra trademarks of the 3DO company. So like he left me this little note about 1993. Noel and I went with a group uh, of kids to the Redwood City area. Our youth group teacher arranged for, arranged for us to go to a focus group involving video game ideas. Not sure if we went to 3DO or a third party. We planned, we played video games, had pizza and drinks. They had us sit down in a conference room to get an idea of what we wanted to play. They gave us stickers. Figured you would like to have this for its historical value. So he's been sitting on, he's been holding onto this sticker ever since 93 that's crazy i mean when i think of how many times he's moved he's been in the military he's like been in the uk he's been somehow this sticker has came, has come with him and ended up in my possession so huge shouts to dave thank you i appreciate you bro sorry that dave, i missed thanks, you dave. yep i believe he goes by huge jazz so huge uh, jazz man yeah but uh but yeah so I um, really appreciate you, bro, and I, I really do appreciate this. I mean, this is kind of one of the, one of a well, not one of a kind, but it's definitely in great condition. And I'm not even going to stick it on anything. I'm just going to keep it for. Yeah, is that I, I actually might, is that actually your brother? It's my brother-in-law. It's it's actually my oh, he's sis, actually it's my jazz? sister. <laughs> he's a huge jazz. Yeah, so he's my sister's husband, and he's the one who. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, and he's come to, and like I mentioned before, he has uh, gotten into the Saturn with his daughter. And, and they, you know, they play it together. And so, like, he, he had a PlayStation back in the day. He's a huge PlayStation fan. Final Fantasy. Oh, I uh, have to ban him from the chat. I'm sorry, fight, huge you know, ass. Uh, Tekken, all that stuff. Oh, racing games. Huge fan of racing games, of course. And stuff like that. And so, didn't really experience the Saturn back then. Um, but, yeah, is, is catching up now. So, that's cool. That's good. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear. Um, welcome to the community, Dave's brother-in-law. Is yeah. he the, he's not the dude that worked at PlayStation, right? No, that's my other brother-in-law. That's my sister's sister's husband. He oh, works well, up. He works up confused. at Sony Computer Entertainment, excuse right up in Sorrento. Confused on that. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple brother-in-laws. That's right. So the brothers from another mother's. That's right. So what did you pick up? Go ahead, show us. All right. So besides the hat I got from Mr. Moose Tracks, thank you again. I got a couple games. Actually, all of this is from Steve's booth. So we didn't. I didn't venture very far to buy things there. Um, I also got a bunch of cassettes from K, Shadow K. Uh, they're actually in the other room, and I don't think I have time to grab them. I completely forgot about it, but he's, he gave me a They Might Be Giants tape, a Weird Al tape, and a Soul Asylum tape, which I love Soul Asylum, so thank you very much, K. Thank you. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, he gave me... A, I got a couple games. I got uh, Shoulder Child, which is a... Shoulder Child. Oh, you got a, Shoulder Child. Yeah. 
it's a uh, Kojima Ayumi Kojima uh, art, which I love her art. It's one of my favorite art styles of all time. If you can see yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So shout out on that. Uh, it's got that from Sega Steve's booth. Uh, it is actually, it's almost complete. It has a little poster in there. It just doesn't have mm -hmm. the OB, which isn't too bad, but mm -hmm. only 10 bucks. I got, this one was the big one, Blue Breaker. Yeah. Uh, this one was I was going to grab that. Kay wanted it because of the little pack of cards inside. There's like a, there's like a Sega Freaks. Can you put that right up right. in front of the camera so folks could see it? So this game is called Blue Breakers. Is it Blue Breakers 2? That is a sealed pack of cards, and it says yeah. Sega Freaks up at the top. And, and it has a little card on it, too. Curses on you all. Yeah, and it has a little card in there. It was a complete copy. I don't know much about Blue Breakers. I wonder if anybody in the chat does. It's definitely one that I have not, you know, taken for a test drive or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of my biggest gets. I really, I Scotty really says, does it have you... bubble gum in there? <laughs> uh, no. no, unfortunately not. No bubble gum. Um, but no, it's it's really cool though. I I thank you for yielding it to me, Dave. I appreciate that. And Ken, I was I wanted it. I really appreciate. I it. wanted it, and then I thought about, it, and I was like, Pat wants it more. I'm just gonna give it to Pat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm I'll tr I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out and see how far I can get. Yeah. Maybe it might be one of those translation things I'll push for. I feel bad. I wish there were two copies because now I'm like, Kay wanted it too. But yeah, I'll look out for some Yahoo auctions, and I'll I'll try to buy it for you both. Yeah. Keep um, them out. And oh, then the last thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. And the last thing I got was this is actually so this actually affect actually affected me on air. So I remember I was looking around when I started playing this game and I didn't know that I I thought I had it for the the second one, but turns out I didn't. Uh, but actually, uh, Steve had it and I bought it and had the code, but it was Fantasy Star Online version two. Mm. I actually oh, yeah, thought yeah, I had yeah. this game, mm -hmm. but I actually didn't have it. Only had Fantasy Star version one. So this one's cool. It has everything in there. It has the access disc, which I won't, the code on there. So, yeah. which I won't show in error, but now I can finally uh, use my actual access key on there. I don't know if I can, actually, I don't know if I, uh, if anybody in the chat knows if I can actually just like update my thing and use that access code that plays Fantasy Star. If anybody knows, let me know. Hmm. If I have to make a new account, I'll just do some grind fests and mm -hmm. get to there. So if anybody in the chat knows if I have to make a whole new account to Use that access key, let me know. Because mm -hmm. I kind of want to be legit now. Papetsu commented, uh, Solner's <laughs> Child equals Mercenary's Shield. That's what it translates uh, to. Is that German? Solner's Child? Yeah, it's definitely, it's yeah, okay. definitely Mercenary uh, German. Shield. It's a cool, cool looking game. Uh, it's definitely one of those kind of, I won't say hidden gem, but I'll just say it's like hardcore. It's like the hardcore Saturn fans are uh, booting that up. Yeah, because it, it does, there there definitely is a Japanese language barrier there, and I think that it, it, when it gets translated, I say when because this community rocks, and I'm sure that eventually it will be, uh, you know, that'll that'll definitely enhance the enjoy, enjoyment for me, but you can still kind of fumble your way through, or you can get a guide from GameFAQs or whatever. I, I wanted to mention real soon, before we drop right into the browser and the, the news, mm -hmm. is that Kay uh, took me back to his house Show me his house. So that was cool. I, everywhere you look, there's like some cool thing to, to look at. You know, he's got so much awesome gaming stuff. But really, really amazing was his Nirvana collection. I don't think I've ever seen a Nirvana collection this extensive. Vinyls, posters, CDs, uh, a Nirvana adjacent CDs, you know, things that are just like, I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. And we played, we played a little bit of guitar. Didn't really have a whole lot of time. He showed me, uh, he showed me his, uh, 
this awesome the Samsung or LG 3D TV that kind of does post processing on the on the uh, Panzer Dragoon remake. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, so we ended up getting to the airport like in the nick of time, but it was worth it because I really am happy that I got to see Kay's Nirvana collection. Um, it's quite impressive. You made the flight though, right? I made the flight. It was like a movie. I was like running. I was like, going through security. I was running down. They were like, are you, <laughs> you're the last person to board, you know, but I got on and I'm, I'm alive. So we're all good. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're able to make that. And I really, the... and I do really appreciate Kay, uh, giving me a ride and kind of fooling me around Oregon. It was yeah, about... I should give you a heads up. The security was pretty bad, even at five in the morning when I went. Yeah. But you it know what? Was Everything really was bad. fine. Everything's fine. It was Providence. It was meant to be. But, you know, Kay lives in a beautiful place. Like, his little town is gorgeous. And uh, that's... I kind of regret not going, to be honest. Yeah, no. It's, I Like, Sorry. I'm definitely not the downtown... Uh, I'm definitely not, like, the downtown Portland kind of dude if it was co coming to live there. But, like, where Kay is at, it's just gorgeous. Like, deciduous trees, red, yellow, orange, you know, green. Just so many colors and such a beautiful little countryside. It was great. Yeah, you know, it's funny, when I went to the airport, I actually had a movie-like thing, but it felt more like, a, instead of action, where you felt like trains, planes, automobiles. So I went to, uh, so I went to like, uh, check in my bag, mm -hmm. and, like, you know how they have the kiosk there? It's like, there's really no line. I saw a short line, I said, like, okay, there, and I said, and I hear, hey, buddy, the line's back here! No. And it's, like, all the way down there, like, oh, no. Oh, my God. It was like it was like it was like it went from tw like like thirteen people in front of me to like forty. I'm like, oh no! But you showed up really early, right? So you still were able to get through with enough time. Oh to yeah, breathe? no, I, I I had like an hour okay. hour of wait, so there, I had plenty of time. And then security was packed. Uh, my bag was oversized, so I had to pay like an extra hundred dollars. No, are you kidding so me? Was, yeah, I, I don't know what put it over, but yeah, it was like a hundred, uh, like. Like like it was like fifth it was like four pounds over and my yeah. little bag could not fit it. So I think next year I'm gonna get a backpack like Adams and just mm -hmm. have that as my my carry on. Yeah, that's not a bad and, idea. And the fact that it's kind of a backpack means it kind of fits more. Like it's not as it's not as uh, square. So like it'll you can kind of like squeeze it in up, up on top. You know, last year and I don't know if I told folks this, but last year I, we came to the airport together and we ate dinner. And I went and I saw you off at your gate, and then I mm -hmm. and then I went to the bathroom and I was kind of like waiting for my flight. And like 15 minutes before my flight, I realized that I that my gate was actually on the opposite side of the airport, and oh, I had to run back. And there was construction at the airport at that time, so um, I had to actually go out of security and go back through security. Luckily, they let me go through the pre-check line because they saw me come out, and I was just like panicking. <laughs> so I went back through and I had to run to the other side of the airport in order to get on my plane so it's always something you know uh, with the oregon airport and and <laughs> in case says dave's portland airport experience is running i get more exercise at the portland airport than anywhere else but yeah, yeah so. if you guys want exercising and uh you want to fight stuff just definitely go to portland airport i actually yeah. did pass the restaurant that that we went to on the way back and i was thinking about you yeah, I was like, man, I kind of, I kind of wish that we would have had the same leaving time, right? So we could have done that again, but it's all good. Well, gosh, um, we have a ton. Actually, of, we'll stick it up. We have a ton of news to talk about, don't we? Because um, incidentally, so yeah, either. we 
we did a Shiro show, but it wasn't really ideal. I mean, we were we got there kind of late, and then we tried to go live, but we couldn't do the typical Shiro show, right? We didn't have mm-hmm. the in-ear monitors. We wouldn't have been able to hear Dan. Um, so essentially, we have to cram a bunch of news into this episode. Um, but we do have Dan here in voice, and we're going to just roll back the clock to how far should I go? Should I go to... The metal. I think we need to go to the the the, the RG, their YPBPR adapter. The YPBPR. Oh, right. Basic. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, starting with this uh, that uh, moose track kind of spotted. You uh, go. You, you go ahead. As one corpse killer. What did now? We talk about. Did corpse. We talk, kill- oh, corpse killer. Him? Okay, so we've oh, got yeah. we've got multiple. Okay, so yeah, we've got multiple. Uh, best of. Is this a? This is actually an editorial. Uh, you know, Peter yeah. wrote an for, entire article for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, Peter has an article going up, uh, highlighting a different spooky game on the Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a best of Saturn like he writes every week. It's just a special like October thing he's doing. Yeah, no, definitely for, we need to. We definitely need to go through this. So. One thing that Peter did last year, which was really cool, is he did a he did a rundown of every spooky game on the Saturn, and mm-hmm. he ranked them all with some kind of funny, you know, like uh, some kind of funny ranking. Each one has its own bespoke ranking, and I I definitely yeah. want folks to go back. I'm going to share that on Twitter at some point. I want folks to go back and read that if they missed it. But this year, he's even outdone himself, and he's writing like full lengthy articles on on some of the you know some of the undersung games on the Saturn, especially that are in the spooky kind of Halloween vein. This one being the digital pictures, uh, Corpse Killer. Pat's done a live stream of this. I know <laughs> it lacks mouse support on Saturn, right, Pat? Nick did, the, did a video of this on, on it, too. Nick did an entire video teardown. Yeah, like deep dive uh, documentary. Essentially, um, the Saturn version is is cool, but and the video is better than some of the other uh, platforms you can get it on. But you do lack the mouse support, so or so you're basically just using the controller, right? I'm like, oh, two dollars. Uh, shout out to Blue ninety five. Shout, shout out, out to Blue ninety five. Yeah, thanks, Malenko. Appreciate it. Much love. Um, this is a really lengthy article. Um, there's even a mention of Elon Musk in here. I I, I didn't read and this. And Helman's whole... mayonnaise. Honestly, <laughs> this caught me off guard. I thought we had. I thought we had an ad. Oh, Doctor like, Helman. Dave... That's right. I thought we had an ad there, and it was literally yeah. just. A... I was like, did Dave enable something when I was missing? So I actually had to go into the settings and check it and tell everybody, oh, it was a joke. Actually, this is the first Shiro <laughs> show. This is the first Shiro show in a long while, or maybe ever, that is not monetized. We did not turn on monetization on this Shiro show because some folks were complaining that they were having issues with Chrome or with YouTube or whatever. Not so, to mention, apparently, the ads were getting pretty insane. The so ads are getting like... insane, and I don't want to do that. The folks in a live show. I don't want to be like talking and then all of a sudden an ad just gets placed. For Hellman's mayonnaise. <laughs> so, you know, this may not do really good numbers or whatever, but we don't care. We're just, it's a live show. We're not going to monetize it. Um, you all support us on Patreon. Yeah, anyway, exactly. So. You all support us on Patreon. Um, but so if you don't know, this is like a B horror game. It's really fun. Put it on an There's SD Beezle? card and try it out. I would not pay full price for the long box. It's getting up there. I actually saw a few copies on the show floor at PRGE. They were all around like sixty to eighty bucks. Um, I wouldn't pay a dollar for it. You wouldn't. Pat wouldn't pay a dollar for it. But definitely read the article from Peter. There's a picture of uh, Zito there, uh, who headed up uh, Digital Pictures, and it was his idea that games and movies would collide, and you'd 
get like these interactive movies but yeah it, it's, it's funny though how many how many of these <clears throat> nicks has done so far in a series show of hands in the comments who's played the remastered version on switch or on steam or whatever uh because this did get a really nice they took all the original assets and original original video and were able to put it into kind of like an hd remake i have not but um i also saw that on the show floor at prge and that was a lot cheaper so if you want, you can you can download it or you can buy a physical version on Switch or whatever. Um, yeah, they, they they had a lot of stuff at PRG there for limiter and games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Peter I also do, talks do, about K's dump of one, not K's dump dump, but his dump of one point one. I guess K uh, did did he upload that to the redump project? Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, I mean he would have had to. But yeah, so this is for anybody still asking. This is Corpse Killer. Uh, graveyard edition on the Saturn, fun, uh, fun little uh, in doses, kind of like arcade shooter with a B horror aspect. Folks should check it out and check out this article from Peter. Can't read the whole thing out for you, but um, definitely. Yeah, we're just teasing a bit. Definitely read it. And this, this next and one, I'm gonna, awesome. I'll have Dan go in the driver's seat on this next one. This is a RGB SCART to YPBPR component video converter. Uh, yeah, so um, one of our uh, one of the members of the Shiro community, TR, um, reached out and uh, asked if uh, he if we would be okay with him writing an article about this uh, video converter that um, he bought off of AliExpress, and I was like, uh, yeah, sure, go for it. You know, why not? We we definitely welcome guest writers, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. and TR is actually Moose Tracks on the Discord. Okay, the one that actually sent the hat. So the one that sent you the hat. Moose track. Okay, cool. So basically, yeah. SCART to component. So the use case for this. Uh, oh, it also has VGA, RGB VGA uh, in. So you could yeah. either go, you know. I'm trying to think. So if you had a v- Dreamcast VGA cable and you wanted to convert that to like a TV with component inputs. Yeah, you do that. Or if you had, I don't know what, like if you had a SCART cable, but you just wanted to be able to, I don't know, you got another cheap Sony Trinitron that had component inputs and you wanted to use it that way, I guess. Yeah. Also, shout out Frog Bulls in the chat, the creator of the Melior oh. Solid. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to talk demo. about him. To, to be clear, TR is not Moose Track. Moose Track spotted this converter. Ah, okay. I thought he TR, did the review. Sorry. Oh, and TR wrote the article. Okay, yeah, that's what I was confused. Imported it, right, and and then wrote this story. Okay, well. Um, we, TR wanted to shout out Moose Track because he was the one who brought it to the Discord server's attention. Okay. So, so that's see, why he's mentioned. We are a crowdsourced <laughs> news site. We, and that's great. I mean, this community is responsible for bringing a lot of stuff to our attention. So shouts to, to Moose Track and to TR for writing this up. Yeah, um, TR really gets into the nitty gritty of this thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's all kind of over my head because I'm just not really right. a tech guy. Right. But, so uh, he, he talks connections, right. latency, yeah. power consumption, audio. What else? The, the specific chips. The specific being... chips, yep. Interesting. He also, talks yeah. about, he also talks about the uses that they could be used not only on an HD TV and plug directly into it, but for TVs that have component you know, TRTs but don't have RGB inputs. We should probably check yeah. if, if Bob has this on retro RGB, and if he doesn't, it might be worth a resyndication. You know, oh, uh, this is 
thing Bob would love on his site because <laughs> he loves all this kind of yeah harp stuff. Yeah, so if it's not on there already, we should definitely resyndicate. Um, yeah, because... I'll, I'll let Bob know. I know he's he's really he's really uh, he's really picky with that stuff, so we can talk about that and make sure it's all good. Well, the the Retrobit 2.4 gigahertz wireless pro were announced for pre-order, but we're gonna slide right past that because we actually got to meet with Retrobit over yeah, we the weekend. About that. So we will get all up into that. Uh, uh, so what is a retro retro RGB disses that brand Bitfunks? Wait, but was that Bitfunks though? That was this Bitfunks. Sorry, uh, Moose Track just commented uh, about Bob not being a fan of Bitfunks. Actually, no, don't. Is that the people that did that adapter? I, I don't know that this is the same. Co- I don't know if this is the same company, but oh, it came from Bitfunk's store. Okay, so maybe Bob okay. doesn't want to know about this. I don't know, but we can still uh, send we, him we a can message. Talk to him. Yeah, we can still yeah, talk, we'll talk to him and send him a message. We'll check and see if he wants it's to do that. It's a great article, not, though. Whatever. It's a great detailed article. Uh, so shouts to TR for writing that up for us. We'll slide right past the, the retro bit control pads because we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about Metal Gear Solid Appar- appears to be running on Saturn. And that's, can I, can I just give the disclaimer to folks that believe it or not, I, I think that this is kind of a rare thing that happens, but it, it's pretty common to the Saturn community. Uh, folks on YouTube for, for a while now have loved to kind of like put up these hypothetical Sonic Adventure running on a Saturn, right? You know, and they'll use a bunch of shaders and they'll use a bunch, they'll take their PC and then they'll, uh, you know, dump the resolution down to 240 and stuff like that. So there's yeah. this phenomenon on, on YouTube of fake videos claiming, purporting to be Saturn footage. So that's where we were coming from when, when out of nowhere, uh, Frog Bull <laughs> dropped this project, this high, this, this amazing project of Metal Gear Solid, the, the opening cinema, the opening live cinematic running on Saturn, you know, with, uh, you know, snake, uh, the top down view of snake running through the warehouse and stuff like that. And uh, again, like a lot of us just thought, well, this could be running on a PC. This could be like any of those videos that we often have to bat away and say, please don't, don't, uh, yeah, because yeah, we, we were getting a lot of people messaging us about it, and I was like, yeah. the thing is that I don't like to be a negative Nancy about it, but there's a lot of times when people do, like, you know, mm-hmm. those shader things, and people mm-hmm. don't really know better, and just shade itself to, sending it to us, it's like, oh, it's like a shader thing, and then... right. Uh, and then if we post about it, we get egg on our face, where it's like, oh, it's like a fake thing. So and that was like, the oh, reason for our doubts. Cool. But the, the other thing... Uh, this was coming from someone who was not really known in the Saturn uh, homebrew community at all. Right, you know, right. His name, as you said, was Frog Bull. And it's like usually when uh, something, if a demo comes out and like all there is is footage, there's no publicly released playable ISO file or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at least coming from somebody who we know is uh, has been part of the community for a while and has released things before, you know, like, like uh, Cube Cat, you know, Seven Shades. Uh, put up footage like a while ago on the Sega Extreme server of CubeCat running around Peach's Castle. Mm-hmm. And like you knew it was, was legit because Seven Shades has been in the community for a while. People know who he is. He's put out playable CubeCat right. game for. So it's like, sure, of course he got mm-hmm. Peach's Castle. Right. Um, but yeah. Frog uh, has dabbled in like pc modifications mm-hmm. um which you can see on his patreon page which we do link to from both of the stories that we've written on this now in the last couple of weeks um 
he's he's uh, modified like uh soccer games and and stuff like that so this is the first time as far as i know that he's messed around with the saturn right uh, and so, i mean yeah and, yeah so sure, a co- sure. it's a fairly common occurrence we, we we see the fake videos all the time we kind of have to steer people clear of those and say like don't please don't you know don't get your hopes up this is not real because you know people get excited about that kind of stuff right and we we definitely yeah. want to make sure that that there's clarity and that every and there's transparency about these things at the same time frog Bowl, for very good reason which i totally understand did not want to release a an iso of this and it wasn't like i really wanted an iso of this either i just wanted him to demonstrate you know like a cell phone video of him popping the disc into a pc and showing that he was running an iso of this that it wasn't some kind of pre-edited film right um, yeah, honestly, honestly, I I just want an ISO of it, like a full disclaimer. I sure. want because I love I love okay. Metal Gear Solid, and I would have loved to play it. But, but again, like he doesn't he doesn't want that getting out and ending up on some kind of like lame repro, right? You know, like yeah. way before it's finished, or I don't even know if he has plans to finish. I think this was really just kind of like I don't pr- think he does proof that I the mean, Saturn, that be, like, yeah. Honestly, if he does it, I I encourage him to do it because this is cool as shit. Yeah, I mean, and who knows? Maybe somebody will take interest in this and pick up the torch and and keep carrying it. You know, that might be a possibility as well. But the point is, he threw down the gauntlet and said, you know, Saturn's capable of doing this, right? That's really what the challenge was for him, you know, know, proving that he could do it and proving that the Saturn could do it to kind of quell the the age-old argument that the Saturn's not good at 3D. Anyway, you know... It was vetted by XL2. We go on to, uh, we go on to say in an in another article. Am I correct? Like Which the, I do just, think you from the top. Yeah, we need to skip to that one too. Yeah. We'll skip around. We can a skip bit, around yeah. to this. So XL2 confirms Metal Gear Solid prototype is real. So take it from here, Dan or Pat. You guys can work together. Yeah. So I mean, speaking of developers who we, um, you know, who have been part of the community for a while and have released playable code, XL2 is made Hellslave and, uh, you know, Sonic Z tree, just yeah. kind of a create creation of Sonic extreme. Also, yeah. The Eriel, which is just unreal. First couple levels running on Saturn. Um, so lots of cool stuff. Um, so the thing is Excel put out, uh, his like source code for Sonic Z Treme on GitHub years ago. And I guess that Frogbull used that code as kind of a basis for getting himself up and running on the Saturn and making this recreation of Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. So I guess he felt like he um he kind of looked up to or he trusted XL2 and mm-hmm. he sent the playable ISO of Metal Gear Solid here to XL2 to ask him for uh, like comments and suggestions and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, because he had that, um, XL2 took the opportunity to then take screenshots, which we have in our second story here, mm-hmm. of it running in Mednafen, the Mednafen ele- uh, emulator. He hasn't tried it on um, real hardware yet, but, I mean, if it runs in Mednafen, it, I, I mean, it, it doesn't right. 100% necessarily run on real hardware, but it's likely it runs he has in a some pal, Frogbull has a PAL Saturn, though, so that might be part of the issue. Right. So anyway, yeah. it runs in it, it runs it, in Saturn like, emulation. Yeah, it runs in Saturn emulation. Um, and XL2 took the opportunity to let everybody know that yeah, this this is real. I'm yeah. playing it. He sent it to me, mm-hmm. so y'all can believe him. So yep. that's cool. Um, they're both French, by the way. <laughs> they're both yeah, French. That's that's uh, what I thought. Homebrewer. You know, Honestly, maybe we should have yeah. Peter do an interview with them in French. I just want to say to anyone in the community who is working on anything Saturn related, 
Shiro lives to promote the stuff that you're doing. We want to shout it from the rooftops and we want to blast it out there. We just want to be sure that it is legitimate and that it's honest, you know? And and I apologize to Frog Bowl if he thought that we, you know, doubted his honesty. It was just that this is a very common thing, believe it or not, uh, that we've seen many times uh, where folks... Yeah, uh, I, just, I just want to prove... I just want to see... Like I said, I really liked it. But yeah, no, sorry, I'll let you finish. It's just a lot of dubious videos online claiming to be Saturn, running on Saturn, right? That are not. So, and, and they come from people we don't know, right? They always come from some strange YouTube account or something like that, or some, some individual that's not really been established in the community. So that's where I was coming from with this. We're so overjoyed to find out that this is actually real. And you're absolutely yeah. right. It speaks to, it speaks exactly to what you said that, you know, um, sure you have to come at things a little bit differently with the transparencies and stuff and the way you're doing certain uh, calling effects and uh, the way that you're basically wrangling the Saturn hardware, but it can do it. And and just like Frog Bowl said in the comments here, you know, XL2 demonstrated the capabilities of Saturn more than anyone else. And, and I mean, when you look at Unreal, his version of Unreal running on Saturn, you realize that um, had they had more time and had Saturn lived on, you know, well into, you know, 98, 99, just like the PlayStation did, we would have seen some more graphically intensive games, you know, as, as developers really, you know, as, as further uh, software develop, you know, uh, graphics libraries were refined and they got more grips on the hardware. But instead, in 98, they just started, you know, focusing on Dreamcast. You know, they pretty much dropped the Saturn and started working on this new hardware, you know. So it wouldn't be until homebrew fans years and years later got their hands on these tools like Joe engine and then their own renderers that you would really start to see the Saturn open up. Yeah. Um, and all honesty, I remember back years ago, I can't remember what the quote was, but there was rumors that code for metal gear solid did pass through a Saturn at one point. Mm -hmm. It was pretty vague. I don't know what that meant. Like if it's just test hardware and mm -hmm. honestly, if the Saturn was still uh, going pretty hard, mm -hmm. I think Konami would have ended up putting uh, putting Metal Gear Solid on the Saturn as well, like they did for Police Knots, they did for Snatcher, and the uh, and their other and their other first party game or their other Konami games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a shame though that they really didn't do anything on the Dreamcast. It seems like they gave up. Like I don't. I think the only game they really tried for was the that Castlevania Resurrection. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm wrong, I don't actually know if anybody knows there's Konami games on the Saturn. Definitely, or sorry, on the Dreamcast. Definitely, let me know. But, I just think yeah. anytime oh, sadness. Sorry. I just think anytime you you try to you have multi-platform games where it's like it's on PlayStation and it's on Saturn, um, especially when the entire industry is really focusing heavily on the PlayStation side of things and developing for PlayStation first. Oftentimes things would come over worse for wear on Saturn, right? Because they both <laughs> systems have their strengths, you know. But when you take a game that is just made for Saturn, Saturn is the target platform and they really use VDP2 because, of course, VDP2 is the, the ace in the hole that does the infinite plane thing. And there's so many cool things you can do with it. And you really develop the game from the top down for Saturn with, uh, you know, taking advantage of VDP2 where you can and then using VDP1 and both master and slave processors you really can get some really great things on saturn and again it's just a matter of time you know d development deadlines and then saturn not really lasting past early 98 basically late 97 really and because the, everybody put on the brakes and then started developing stuff for dreamcast under wraps you know so um it's really we're going to see i think we're going to see 
uh, more and more of homebrew developers surpassing what actual developers were able to do with the Saturn back in the day. Um, it really, I only see it getting better and better with folks like uh, Seven Shades, Frog Bowl here, what he's done, uh, XL2, of course. We're going to start seeing uh, people pass up uh, original developers, even Sonic Team, maybe, you know? It's going to be crazy, but I, I, I really think so. And I think folks have to, have to um, also develop games and keep in mind that, like, what Saturn was really good at was, like, the bright, garish colors. You know, games like Burning Rangers, which just were really stylized. They, they stand the test of time because that never, that never goes out of style, don't you think, Pat? Exactly, yeah. I don't think the, the typos, yeah, they do not go out of style. Uh, also, uh, it looks like Scott Emo and Neil did point out some uh, Konami games. They have the DDR games and then the uh, some ESPN games and then mm -hmm. Sunscope and Air Force Delta. Mm -hmm. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, I guess there's just so little that there isn't really any that mm -hmm. they really had at that point, or maybe they went full 3D and they just didn't want to bother doing two systems with 3D capabilities. Yeah. At least that's what I'm thinking, but yeah, I think for the most part, I'm really excited for this. I uh, thank you again. Uh, uh, was it? Uh, so make sure you use a frog bowl for doing this. Yeah, my my so my thank hat you is much. literally off. Yeah, our, our hat you, sir. do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm bald. But yeah, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. I think it's an amazing project. I hope you continue with it and actually port the entire game. Yeah, uh, I know that we have technically uh, Miller Solid and Dreamcast technically. Mm -hmm. Because it's the the little emulation disc by the Bleemcast, but I would love to be able to play Mill Your Solid on Saturn. That's going to be sweet. If you don't plan on continuing or finishing it, I totally understand. It might may have just been like a personal challenge for you. Maybe consider uh, offering the code to some other folks in the community that would like to run with it and and you know at least complete a portion of it. I think that would be great. I don't know if you'd be open to that, but I mean definitely. This would be sick, you know, to be able to play Metal Gear Solid or any version of it. Like, if they have this engine and they have it working, I mean, technically, you could build other levels, you know, other like stealth missions. You, and you, stuff can, like that. you can, oh, do you know, VR missions on there, be able to like do a custom VR mission thing where you do your own VR missions. Homebrew competition. Yeah. Uh, Sega Extreme homebrew competition. I would love to. Yeah, also, that Frog Bowl, do it. Frog Bowl did mention. I just want to mention Sega Extreme is where the homebrew competition yeah, happened. That yeah, is correct. Sega Extreme homebrew competition. We, we freaking to... love Sega Extreme. We yeah, absolutely love them. It's amazing. Um, it, I, he did mention, Frogball did mention in a comment somewhere, he was like, I wanted to prove that, you know, uh, <clears throat> Snake could crawl around in a cardboard box on the Saturn, right? I don't, I didn't see that in this demo. So is that something that he programmed? The ability to like crawl around in the cardboard box? That would be cool. I didn't see anything. I didn't from see the it thing. in the demo, but I saw no I, sent, I saw a comment that was made about that, you know, and I, I was like, okay, not yet, okay, not, not yet. yet. But I like I like the idea. It says not yet, which is implying that he, there's going to be more of that. So mm -hmm. I think he just answered our question. I think there you go. He will keep it. But uh, yes, I Frog will honestly, if you enter this into the Sega Extreme uh, 20 whatever game mm -hmm. competition, uh, I'm going to vote for you for first. Mm -hmm. I know that that's that's uh, yeah. I feel really bad for everyone else, but I'm just such a. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you man, just, I feel you bad. just but you just backed yourself into a corner there. I mean, you have to now. You have to yeah. now. Yeah, uh, the, the thing. Yeah, I mean, if it does enter that, I definitely will. But like, I don't know. Like, there's so many other good homebrew, like homebrew stuff that's not announced yet. So I don't want to speak 
too soon, you know. But this year is going to be I one mean, of the hardest yet. This year is going to be one of the yeah, hardest. Yeah, I'm yet. sorry, guys. It's it's Mel Your Solid. I'm a fanboy. We, we I mean, need to move right along with Haunted Casino. So there are not that many casino games or card games on the Saturn. There's ones. a lot of pachinko. There's a lot of mahjong. There aren't a lot of like traditional hoil based, you know, like card game casino stuff on the Saturn. But of what there is, there is at least one red label game that is not safe for work called Haunted Casino. Um, yeah. Is this one of those right-handed games? It, so I think you there's probably... Is there a one-handed controller, controller one? for the Saturn? I, I mean, know. I mean, you, you can make it one-handed if you hold it in a certain way. So anyway, your goal of the game is to defeat your dealer, uh, play well, and your pervert magic will see the dealer stripped down until she's fully tuned. Okay, yeah, so this game is not safe for work, and Pe uh, Peter did a little write-up for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a red-label game, and uh, it's Halloween-themed, so there you go. Yeah, uh, oh, there is actually, it's called the ASCII Grip. It is not... <laughs> So you, I guess you'd be I I should be double gripping it in that case. You know okay, what I'm saying? so so it's yeah, not it, it's not the best <laughs> it's not the best casino game on the Saturn uh, by any means, but it is you know it's got a it's got a trick. <laughs> okay, news roundup for the week of October 9th. We are we're going back we in time that, with yeah. uh, Marty and Doc we're Brown. Go we're going to go back in time to be, talk about all the stuff that Dan wrote. Uh, Get the power of love back he, in he time. Pub he publishes back on the 13th of October. So, Dan, uh, go ahead and run with this Mr. Core update build thing. Uh, okay, yeah. So the um, our first news roundup update here is that the Mr. The Saturn Core was added to the main build of the Mr., um, so before this, for the last like year and a half, whenever the Saturn core would get an update, it would just, uh, people would have to manually download it from the unstable nightlies channel of the Mr. Discord server. So it was like kind of unofficial ish. Mm. They, you know, you couldn't just like automatically hit update all from your Mr. And it would download the Saturn core. You had to be manually putting it on there because mm. it wasn't considered, um, uh, I guess uh, finished enough. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, good enough yet. So there isn't any update to the Saturn core itself with this, but it's still kind of a, la a landmark step because it it kind of signifies that it is far enough along to be worthy of being added to the main Mister branch. Mm -hmm. um, so and, and it's kind of like a, a, a rubber stamp of approval from the father of the Mister project, uh, Sorgalig. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Alexei uh, Melnikov is his real name. Um, but yeah, so now if you have Mr., you can just uh, run, you know, an update and you'll get whatever the latest version of the Saturn Core is instead of having to like go out and do it yourself. Um, I, I guess it does have one little uh, update to it, though, that was added uh, recently. I think someone other than. Um, SRG added it, but it's it's a fix for the analog video out. Um, I guess before that, before this, um, it wasn't centering properly or something. Mm. So uh, now, if you are using analog video out like SCART or S video or composite with your Mister, it's going to look correct with the Saturn. So that's good. Cool. It's important for the Saturn. You want your composite out to look good for your. Yeah, honestly, I need to. Uh... Honestly, I need to get a new analog analog I/O module. Mine's like has this weird blue tint to it, 
and I can't mm. get it fixed. So I think I need to get a new module. So I'll have to go pick that up. Uh, so our next update is the Silhouette Mirage fan translation team put out a uh, new patch update. So they now have translated through Area 6, which means they're almost done. There's only one area left in the game. And then I think the end credits, uh, and then probably I think they want to just kind of do some extra bug test testing for declaring that's all finished. But, I mean, I believe they're expecting to have this done by the end of this month, by the end of October. Um, and I, I'm sure that they can accomplish it. They've been going at a breakneck pace here. So uh, that's, that's really cool. You can go to Sega Extreme, our favorite sister website, and download this patch from their resources area. Excellent. So check it out. Yeah. Um, our, our next, okay, we have, we have two more in this roundup. Mm -hmm. Our next update is that uh, Double Dime in the Shiro community has announced th what the next Netlink tournament will be. It'll be for Virtual On, um, Ooh, just like for the that. other. Yeah, just like the other Netlink tournaments, it'll be a double elimination tournament, and uh, for Virtual On, it'll be determined by the winner of the best of three rounds um, for each each uh, pairing. Uh, so I think they're looking to get eight people. I think they're up to five or six right now. And if they end up going, uh, if they get more people interested, then I'm sure they can just increase the bracket somehow. Um, now, this does come on the heels of the last tournament ending, which was for Sega Rally Championship, which uh, Double Dime won, actually. He beat Sega RPG Fan, and I've got, you know, you're playing the video there of their final match. So, it, it was quite uh, a match. Kind of cool. I watched the whole thing, very close, uh, back and forth. Uh, you know, so it was it was it was exciting because as a lot of these, you know, if if someone goes way ahead, you can't really see them on the horizon. But with this, it was like you constantly saw them bumping each other. You constantly saw them jockeying for position. So it was a very <laughs> exciting match to watch. Both are probably the best in the in the, you know uh, Sega Rally community. I mean, Joe has yeah. played a ton just because he's been playing Sega Rally ever since he started the whole like VoIP exploit. You know, I mean, probably a lot longer than that. But I mean, playing it with lag. You know, he's been playing it a lot, and uh, mm -hmm. and then of course Double Dime is just you know kind of like a a, a god tier gamer, <laughs> Saturn everything right. <laughs> you know, he's just really good. Uh, he's in this Probable chat too. So as you say, Frog Bull says in the comments, uh, amazing time. We have a Saturn Netlink tournament in 2023. Yeah, this is actually, uh, this uh, virtual on tournament will be the third Netlink tournament that <laughs> we'll have done this year mm -hmm. um, because we did do a decathlete tournament, uh, decathlete Netlink tournament um, earlier this year in the springtime. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, if anybody is interested in participating, uh, make sure you get all the... Yeah, make sure you get all the needed equipment, which we link to an excellent article that uh, Dave put together on our website. And Joe is um, now managing. He is the boss of that. So I, I, I know yeah. he, he logged in recently, and I don't know if he made any changes, but he's kind of going to be the uh, the uh, steward, okay. steward of that page. Uh, oh, oh yeah, the uh, slow coin said that it's the fourth one actually. Virtual Fighter is the first. Oh, a virtual, yeah, that's right. Virtual was that Fighter, this year? Yeah, uh, BF Remix was that last year? Uh, it might have been early last year or early in the in this year. I don't know, but uh, I know that yeah, that we've done yeah, Virtual Fighter Remix, Decathlete, and and then now Sega Rally, and that's done. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if Virtual Fighter was this year. I was just talking about this year. Well, uh, double maybe time. Was, maybe I missed it. You may know. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, excellent though. Excellent job. Uh, thanks to double dime for kind of organizing this stuff. He's he, you come into yeah. the Shiro discord and you go into the Saturn online, you'll find double dime. He's usually up for a match, uh, but bring and your yeah, a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sha shadow mass beat me. He was phenomenal. He was great. We had a lot of lag, but I could still, it was still very close and I could just tell, you know, shadow mass was great. I also got beat by Nick at Panda <laughs> when, mm -hmm. when we went to, uh, uh, when we went to PRGE in our hotel room, Nick, yeah, Nick was on his A game, and I'm just not. Like, I gotta, I gotta get good. But, um, but yeah, so Nick beat me too. That's on the record there. Um, and then this last story. Okay, Go so ahead our, and tell us about this so yeah. we can. Okay, last story. Uh, we like checking in on our buddy Bo Bales, who has uh, poked around with uh, Burning Rangers. He's a Burning Rangers super fan, and found a Burning lot of cool fan. stuff back game. So uh, I guess his knowledge of Burning Rangers and Nights into Dreams made it possible for him to find some interesting stuff in the uh, special stages for the Saturn version of Sonic 3D Blast. Um, since it was made by uh, Sonic Team in Japan mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like mushed into the code that uh, England-based Traveler's Tales made um, with the the main game of Sonic 3D Blast. So, uh, yeah, Bo Bales found... Um, he did some hacking, and uh, he's got, like, playable Tails and Knuckles in this special stage, although they don't have all of the animations mm. since, you know, it's just using their models from when they're kind of, like, flying Sonic in at the beginning of the stage. Right. So um, I guess the game will crash if you try to do certain things with them that they don't have animations for. But I think he did find a way to kind of, like, patch that out, so they'll just keep going. They just don't try to play a different animation mm -hmm. um so that's cool yeah, you got the video he posted a lot of videos on uh social media let's say um of these different things that he found uh he found that he, you can change sonic size you can make them tiny or huge so that's cool there's a previously undocumented debug camera mode hold z and then use the d-pad to move the view around and you can use a and c buttons to control the zoom yeah that's weird uh, the controls conflict with the character controls, so it's not terribly usable. I, I'm I haven't tried this. I kind of want to. I'm I'm unclear if he means that that's uh, that those camera functions are just in the regular game without hacking, or if you have to do some kind of hacking to make them work. Um, if you can just do it on your own, that's pretty cool. Although he did uh, put out like an action replay code, which didn't someone turn into an SSP patch file in our Discord server, mm. so you can actually try some of the stuff out yourself. I think someone did. I think someone made it into an SSP. Okay. Uh, Slowcoin says, yep. Uh, yeah, so check our server for that. What do we have? Got like, oh, that was, that was last week. So now we're up to this week. <laughs> now we're up to this week. you guys posting YouTube videos. All right, so we've got about 15 minutes to... No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't... Uh, we, we definitely have to uh, put, put on the gas here. Uh, back to the mansion. Um, so... I think that maybe next week, maybe on next week's show, we should come back and give these more time because Peter put in the writing. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, this is a great game. Oh, sorry. This is an interesting game that I think folks should definitely check yeah, it out. Great in quotation This marks. mansion isn't Raccoon great. City. Great. It, it is kind of a walking simulator. <laughs> there are interesting little people to talk to and stuff like that. Every once in a while, you definitely get a weird kind of uh, Twin Peaks kind of vibe. It's just weird, okay? And and well, I wouldn't say that there's anything specifically scary in this game. I would say that there's a lot of really weird kind of 
stuff going on in this game. Uh, the music is fantastic, I think. One of the better parts of the game. Um, some of the writing is is interesting. I would definitely uh, say that you know, folks should try this game, uh, Mansion of Hidden Souls. It's a, <laughs> Scotty Mo says it's an experience, in quotation marks. And I would say that definitely it is an experience. Um, there's only a couple items that you actually interact with. Like there's a handful, like this coin that you get. There really aren't a whole lot of items that you actually interact with in the game, but there's a lot of ca like characters that you interact with and you're going from room to room and kind of like, you know, taking note of everybody's story and seeing where there's a conflict. Um, but it, it, it's interesting. Yeah. So Peter actually went through a lot of effort to write up like a full article. Don't be an ask hole. You do a lot of asking <laughs> questions in this game. That guy doesn't look like he wanted to be asked questions. Well, this guy on the guy right, right there. that guy on the right is, uh, is from deep fear actually. Um, and I think he ends up dying. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, none of them look like they want to ask questions. Ask any questions? I'll read the or fun facts. Even. I'll read the fun facts, though. Oh, well, actually, fun Peter. Fact. Peter gave us some notes from his first playthrough. The first time I ever played through this game, I took notes as I progressed. I met a quick game over on my very first attempt. Here is the transcript of the notes I took during that nascent playthrough for your enjoyment and amusement. Caution: there are some spoilers ahead. Do not read if you have not played the game and intend to do so you have been warned okay so maybe i won't read that but if you guys want to read peter's notes uh there's some funny stuff in here uh let's see had a bunch of paintings and i lost it. I, yeah i don't want to read there's some spoilers in there but anyway fun facts a sega cd mansion of hidden souls is also now available on the genesis mega drive mini 2 um and yeah it was a it was a sega cd game this is the sequel, actually. The Mansion of Hidden Souls on the Saturn is a is a is a sort of sequel, um, because the kid who you are in the first game on the on the Sega CD, you are now like the adult version of that person in this game on the Saturn. Um, the North American Mansion of Hidden Souls is coded with region codes J, T, and U, meaning it will load on North American, Japanese, and Asian region Sega Saturns. Not many games were released without a region lockout. This is one of them. Note, this, is, this only applies to the North American version of the game. Other versions are region locked. Okay, so the North American will just run on any Saturn, apparently, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, check out Mansion of Hidden Souls. Pat? So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't actually... I, I, I've never played it, so I don't know a lot of info on it. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's neat. It's, it's interesting, at least. Um, it's cheesy fun in a blue stinger kind of way. I can accept that. Saturn Lad says it's cheesy fun in a blue stinger kind of way. I think he's onto something there. Um, I'll to, I want to sit down and try these games. Mention Souls and then uh, what's the other one? Uh, the other one was, uh, what, Haunted Casino? No, no, not Haunted Casino. The, uh, uh, Corpse Killer? The, uh, the, sorry, the sequel to oh, Ma Lunacy. Lunacy, yeah. Lunacy is Chef's Kiss. Lunacy is great. Lun Lunacy is the game... That they were working up to, I would say that that's where all of their skills as developers, their engine, just everything was perfect. And Lunacy is one of my favorite games on the Saturn, and it's not an action game. It's not. A, it's just. It's artwork. It, it, it's a. Uh, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like a Tarantino film or something like that. It's just. It's a piece of artwork. I love that game. So so much good about that I have to say about Lunacy, but this was kind of you know like the the awkward beginnings the training wheels 
if you will. It is cinematic. It is cinematic. Um, So next, we saw... uh, I think you missed the breakfast cast. Well, no, because that's actually up here. No, it's down there. Breakfast cast is right here. Oh, there's the audio one down there. Oh, okay. And this, this one has one. this one has the audio in it, I think. Yeah, Podbean audio. In okay. the video, yeah. All right, my bad. We'll delete the other one we'll, later. We'll we'll just combine them. Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk about Kitsro. So you found who found this? Who found this, this little was hack? Malenko. This, Malenko, this was not right? me that found it. Okay. This so, was the Malenko off of the Sega Extreme uh, stuff. So yeah. you were getting Sega Extreme in there when I forget about them. Well, yeah. He just gave uh, us two dollars to shout Blue Moon. So this is the same Malenko who just gave us two dollars. Yeah. Thanks. But essentially. Uh, he was digging through the code NBA Jam. I believe he wanted to see if all he wanted to check and see if all the peep codes from the IGN character lists were correct, or like mm-hmm. all the characters were there. Mm-hmm. And he found two codes that he didn't see before for a KIT and FOX with certain dates on it. Mm-hmm. And he put in the code, and it turned out that uh, the KIT was actually Kitsrow, Tim Kitsrow. Who signed my lanyard and was uh, the voice for NBA Jam? Run downtown. Exactly. He's on fire. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So fun. So I booted up the game and after fighting my capture card, uh, sh- anti shout out to OBS. Uh, get go to hell because you're mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah. It broke my capture card again. Oh no. Which literally every other version breaks my capture card. So I had to downgrade to be able to get my capture card to work. So. I had to record this in Game Capture's awful software to get this working, but now we got it working now, so I'm happy about that. Uh, downgrade OBS if your capture card breaks. Thank you, uh, OBS, for that. Ruined <laughs> another stream of mine. I'm so um, sorry, Pat. <laughs> that's all good. OB, I'm used to OBS screwing me over, so it's that's the day in the life. But yeah, essentially, I uh, put the code in, and yeah, uh, Tim Kitsrow, who was the announcer for you know NBA Jam, was playable. And this is not like a. I uh, heard a lot of people were like being like, "Oh yeah, that's just like a hack thing." Like, oh they like he we hacked into the game. No, this is in the game, the vanilla version of NBA well, Jam. Yeah, because some of the screenshots that you shared of of it had the Shiro yeah. thing in the background. I was like, probably shouldn't use screenshots of the hacked version to sh- to to demonstrate it. But the one that you're using here for the video is it, it looks like. Mean, what do you mean the uh, it had the background for? There, there was a there was an image there was an image online that I saw uh, on Twitter uh, of of the, an example of Kitsrow in the I think it was the one that Tim was, Tim Kitsrow was like I didn't even know if oh, you that look was at Panda's thing he shouts yeah out. and Panda was using his copy of Malenko's oh, patch right. so in the back you could see some hacked images on the on the banners and I was like okay that makes it look like it is a hack but but no this hap- this can be done on a vanilla version of the of the yeah. Saturn game yeah. And that's what I played in there. This is the, like, if you literally get any disc copy, any copy of, uh, mm-hmm. specifically, Saturn. Uh, Sega, uh, yeah, Saturn. This, this is only uh, the NBA Saturn Jam. version, I think. Yeah, he checked all the versions. There was no, uh, there's no other, there's, it wasn't in anything. He looked through all the codes, uh, Jaguar, mm-hmm. uh, Genesis, 32X, all of them. And this is the only one that had Tim Cutrow and the character named Fox. It's weird that his, um, his stats are just, like, question marks. Oh, that's common for secret characters. Oh, that is okay. All right, and then so Fox. The, yeah. So the stats for Tim Kitsrow are a uh, speed nine, three pointers eight, dunk seven, pass five, power eight, steal nine, block six, clutch seven. Ah, okay. And there's this other character named uh, Fox, who we weren't sure who it was at first, 
Um, one of my friends, the name's Tyler Wingen. He's like JRPG fan or something like that, or JPGR. I forget what his name was on there, but mm-hmm. uh, he uh, actually sent me PMs like, oh yeah, I was looking through the studio stuff, and there's a guy named uh, not Toby Fox, something Fox from uh, from I from uh, Iguana Studios, mm. who we think it's either him or his son that was hacked into the game. Let's see if I find it. Uh, I his gotcha. name is uh. His name, uh, uh, it's a Rick Fox. Rick Fox, that's what his name is. So we think that we think that it might be Rick Fox, uh, either Rick Fox himself or maybe his son that's in the game. I mm-hmm. sent a email to a studio asking for confirmation, and I haven't heard back yet from that. So mm-hmm. for now, I don't know, but we're just assuming that it might be either Rick Fox himself or his son. Probably more his son because of how young he looks. Yeah. Because uh, I looked videos. I actually did look up videos. Dick Fox. Dick Fox. <laughs> Shadow. Dick Fox. Wow. Wow. Shadow's getting banned, son. But yeah, because uh, I actually looked up videos because he actually on his website said he toured with David Bowie. Yeah. So I combed through concert videos of David Bowie's tour at the time mm-hmm. to look for him. And he looks he doesn't look really that young even back then that was in the ni- in 90 mm-hmm. so i think that might be his son that they put in there oh okay like so, his son wanted to be in the game or something like that or maybe, maybe his dad put or like his dad was like hey do you want to be in the game and the, the guy's like actually can you put my son in the game instead yeah so if you want to play as kitsro or this other fox there you go now you can do that that's another uh Another hidden yeah. ca- character revealed. I think that's probably it then, right? If Malenko went through the whole game and found that's, everything. That's right? all the yeah, answers, yeah. I asked Malenko, I'm like, hey, so are you sure there's nothing else, you know, hidden in this game? And and he said, yeah, no, there's there's nothing else in here. Because okay. he, he found where all of the secret characters and their stats are yeah. located in the code. He just, that's it. I, I don't know why he didn't notice it before. I think he just... I don't know, wasn't didn't, wasn't focusing on it, yeah. Right, wasn't focusing on it. Yeah. Well, now there's also so. Stadler in this game who wasn't there before, but it's there now. So you can even play if you're playing Malenko's version, you can play as Craig Stadler too. Yeah. So to for everything for all, so for all intents and purposes, Malenko was the really the first one to find all of these new characters, the rest of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I can see how it, be, it would be overlooked because, I mean, it was the Saturn version of it, and mm-hmm. I imagine it's not that possible, but uh, Tim Kitsro was actually very pleased. He tweeted out uh, tweeted out about it twice from Panda, so that's really cool of him to do. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, it was a shame that we didn't get, we didn't find it we didn't find it, like, while we were at PRG. I know, wouldn't could, that have been crazy? Could have grabbed it, like, hey, guess what? You want to come here and play this? I know, I right? Show oh, you. that would have been amazing. Like, have him play it on the Pluto. Throw it on the like, Pluto. Like, we don't even like, tell him. It's like, yeah, like, it's like hey, bring we him show over. Something over we got to show you something. Look, you're in a game. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, like, he did He did a panel where he talked about, like, his career, and he talked about all of the NBA Jam and, you know, College Slam affiliated games that he had worked on and stuff, and he never mentioned anything about being in the games. Like he he had no idea that he was at that they actually put him in this game. I think that's funny that they would have done that and not told him, or you know, or that he wouldn't know. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, a lot of people were on Twitter <laughs> were saying, "Oh, how do you know his voice and stuff is announcing him?" But I think there was this uh, interview a while ago saying that originally he was supposed to be in there, but they ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But I imagine he was able to record the voice lines and stuff. But I'm just curious why. 
Well, actually, this doesn't have a cutting room floor article, so maybe a lot of people didn't go through this game because it's actually the only NBA Jam tournament edition that doesn't have its own entry on cutting room floor. Hmm. So honestly, I think that should probably be rectified because Definitely. this is kind of big. But yeah, it uh, it is kind of neat. Um, it is neat that they found that, uh, and it's cool that Tim, after all his years, is finally playable in a copy of NBA Jam. Definitely. Oh yeah, Malenko said he tried to get add to TCRF, got crickets. Um, I think they should probably reevaluate that because that's kind of important. Definitely. And yeah, thank you again to Malenko for doing all this hard work, hacking the games, doing all these hacks, and I mean, uh, digging to the code. Without him, Tim would have never known that I he's think, in, the, in the game. I think Malenko is is gunning for the 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 award for most prolific. And most prolific hacker and translator in the community because dude is just so prolific like if if it's not I, this it's, it's something like working on multiple games at, at the same time it's just crazy kitchen 34 is giving a run for his money though uh, which by the way he's a, a french translator who also does spanish translations and he right. just put out a french translation earlier this week which he didn't write about on the site but i'll mention briefly he did a uh, Shanghai Triple Threat, the right. Mahjong game. Okay, it's now in French. An English one or French one? In in French, it's in it's in English. Like I have the long box of it, but now it's in French. Yeah. Yes, French. I just he, Malenko, you just want to be done with Bomberman fight. You have a big fan uh, who was on the show floor playing your prototype, and it was a very early build, so you know there was a lot of jank in there. But I told him it was like, yeah, I'm sure he's you know he's well aware of the deadline for the contest and. And uh, and that individual, I forget his name. What was the name? Llama something. He's the channel. I, I got his, I he did like a, right he did like a ten hour Bomberman video, or or was it three hours? I don't remember. But it was a it's a very uh, very thorough history of bomb the Bomberman yeah. games. Uh, Lively Llama. Lively it's, Llama. He's at he's at Rifixed on Twitter. R I F E X D. Yeah. Uh, his his YouTube channel is uh, R I F E X D. He did the the you know the. The, the, the like eight hour barman review mm-hmm. uh, really nice dude uh really cool to talk to uh definitely follow him on twitter if you can he's uh, well actually no just yeah honestly follow him on twitter he's a really cool dude i was talking uh, to him about bomberman uh, wars because like that's a game that i've kind of i wouldn't say i've slept on it but i've definitely not given it its fair due uh because of you know like i i gravitate towards like saturn bomberman or bomberman fight bomberman wars is like more of like a rpg i guess like a bomberman rpg but he's he said he highly recommended it and that that uh we sh- that i should play through it so war says wars is is good it's like chess okay cool yeah he actually sent me a, a dm on twitter uh about that game the bomberman wars mm-hmm on the PlayStation translation of that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Slogan. Got it. Uh, he sent me a, a link to that. So I'll try it out. I'll see how it is. Hey, man, if it's already translated for PlayStation, maybe that's a... Easy do. Easy, yeah, foot in the door for moving it over to... I mean, I don't know how the text is encoded on Saturn, but there you go. I mean, at least the, the translation work has already been done. Um, next up, we really have to get through this stuff. So uh, we went to the Retrobit booth to talk about wireless Saturn pads. But when we got there, we found something else <laughs> that was really Yeah, we did not expect this. This was not something we were in- yeah, expecting. I'll just fast forward to the... So, yeah. this is a... Uh, you go ahead, Pat. What, what do we have here? So this was a prototype for a Dreamcast controller with a Saturn D-pad on it mm. and six face buttons. Uh, my first question when I saw it was, why, why didn't you just do this up front? 
and <laughs> use this instead of the, the like this is the control everyone wanted for Saturn is the uh, Dreamcast analog stick like the, the analog hole sensor with the Saturn D pad like this is this is the three D controller that people were clamoring clamoring for mm-hmm. instead of the D pad one so I guess that's my first question. I can see why. Um, they're also they also showed off a. I assume this is good, they're gonna make this wireless as well. Mm-hmm. There's a wireless controller as well next to it, mm-hmm. without a VMU thing in it. But uh, there's a wireless VMU adapter that comes with that adapter that connects to it as well. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Uh, there were a lot of people complaining online saying that they weren't a fan of the wireless not having a VMU slot. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a lot of reasons for that. The but, primary reason being how they're focusing the development of these con- these wireless controllers, right, Pat? Because yeah. they're really focusing these controllers as kind of like modern controllers for, you know, Switch or PC that yeah. are also compatible with the Dreamcast. But the weird thing is that the Saturn Wireless Pro Pad has two analog sticks. So there you go. I mean, you could argue, okay, it's a it's a modern dual analog controller. But this one still only has one analog stick. So it is kind of weird, you know? It's like, I could see how somebody using it for the Switch might not need a VMU, right? The VMU wouldn't make much sense, right? But So I could see why you would want to have it separate. It has the same shape of the 3D control in the back of it. Right, yeah. Like, on, honestly, like... I would say just wait for this if you want a 3D pad that's authentic, mm-hmm. and see if this is this what this is like up your alley. To be honest, they say they they're not happy with the fit and finish. Like they're not happy with the grip. They still feel like it needs work, so they're not going to release it until they get it just just the way they want it. I do like the fact that this uses uh, these like uh, it has a little battery door in the back, and you can get these um, you can get these flat lithium ion batteries on Amazon two of them for eight bucks so and so you can literally have like several charged batteries and just swap them out right um or you can just have like two and just have one on the charger and just be able to swap them and always have always be up and running you know so that's cool that they included a a a removable battery and i honestly think they should do that with every uh with every controller they release you know i mean that 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 because you know? you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to replace the battery on, you know, your retro, your your old Retrobit Bluetooth pad, right, or your 2.4 gig. Eventually, yeah. you're gonna have to re- replace the battery, and it, when it's that silver, you know, non-branded, uh, you know, lithium-ion pack, and it's all bulged or whatever, you know, because it's all, it's like, it's not as convenient. You have to take the the thing apart and then try to source. Uh, this one, they tell you exactly what to get. You know, they tell you the exact battery model to get, and you can find it. Uh, cheaply on Amazon, so that's kind of a cool thing. Um, yeah, my only concern with this controller though is that it changes the shape of the yes. Dreamcast uh, button faces, mm-hmm. which is not. I'm not the biggest fan of be- for certain games like Bangayo, where you actually have mm-hmm. the controller button, the controller scheme where you hit the up, down, left, and right. Yeah, but I guess you could shift your hand like this, mm-hmm. like slightly, and hold it like that. But it would be kind of weird to play that way. Right, oh, and I mean they have to. Hand. They have to do that to accommodate the the six face buttons, right? So I yeah. mean, um, are you? So yeah, like that's the other thing is like people online are like, can you just release a a regular Dreamcast control pad that's wireless? And um, I mean honestly, like, are they gonna? I don't know that they would go to that length to do both. You know, um, they're probably gonna try to find a good compromise and put out one product versus, you know, two different products to please everyone. Um, not everyone is going to be 
pleased with this, right, Pat? I, I think I, I already see uh, I already see like conflicting people in the chat. Yeah, like some people are like, "This is awesome, I'm sold, take my money," and then some people are like, "Not what we wanted." Some people are like, "Hey, I got a great idea," and then they show a picture of the Saturn 3D control pad, <laughs> which which made me laugh because I'm like, you know what? I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. They could have just released a Saturn 3D control pad, right? Because it has the six face buttons. It has the perfect yeah. D-pad. It's got, you know. So, I mean, I get it. And and the Saturn. Now, I do believe these are analog triggers. I do believe. Either that or, yeah. So, actually, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say scratch that. I don't know because I didn't ask them. Now, I feel like an idiot. I did not ask them if those were analog triggers. Did you or, or Nick? I, I honestly, I was so busy with the things that, yeah. the things that I'm going to be honest, I didn't really bother asking much about it because this is like an early, early beta. Oh yeah. So it's such an early prototype. They said so, at best, yeah. they'll probably release it late to that 2024. If, if that, you know, so. Yeah. So I didn't want to, the things that I didn't want to like, you know, like, you know, grill them on it. Cause mm -hmm. I know the question, they're what they're going to say. Right. We don't know we're mm -hmm. working on it. It's a work in progress. We don't know the final stuff yet. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I don't like asking and interviewing, asking questions about like early, early devices like this or prototypes, mm -hmm. because it's like, it's going to change. It's going to be different. But right. I mean, I think we expressed our concerns and what we'd like out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I think I asked uh, about the one VMU slot. Well, I'm not like because the wireless thing. I think it should have two for both of it, but mm -hmm. I think it's gonna have Rumble built into it. So I think mm -hmm. it's gonna be like, a, oh, you'll have auto Rumble, and that'll take up that slot. Right, and the Rumble is gonna draw the same amount of power. So if you had a second, if you had two VMUs and a Dreamcast controller, it draws a certain amount of power, right? Well, the Rumble uh, feature is gonna be drawing the power that that second VMU would have. Um, so compromises are having to be made basically and they think that more people want rumble than two vmu slots basically now there have been people online on twitter that have argued well what about this other dreamcast wireless dreamcast controller project or whatever that has rumble and a vmu slot but i i looked at that and i was like even that only has it has one vmu in it uh, so as far as power draw, there's still it's still rumble motors and a VMU, right? You know, so I again, I, folks, we're not gonna slay them right now for for this because it's too early to really yeah, know. Yeah, like there's gonna be so many changes to it. Design like, not it's... final. So I mean, this they could scrap yeah. this whole thing. They could scrap. They they even mentioned so right now this little kickstand thing, this little uh, VMU unit. They're they're even talking about making it an, a self-contained connector that just slots onto the Dreamcast. The only problem they're going to run into with that is that when you want to plug in four, the connectors are so close together. They have to figure out uh, the. They just have to figure out how to how to make it fit. You know. Um, yeah. So is, there's a lot of there's a lot of concerns. It's so early. It's not really worth right. So doing it. we just gave our concerns, and for the most part, I I kind of like the feel of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I see people just buying it just to use as a 3D controller for a the fighting, Saturn. Yeah, like a, a nice fighting pad. It would be great for platformers and fighters, like right out of the gate. And those yeah. uh, that Z and C button are just essentially uh, redundant triggers, uh, basically. They're like, like mirror LNR yeah, triggers. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to mirror the triggers on the back for Dreamcast stuff. So you can do those combos that, that are in games like, you know, Third Strike and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> But definitely, I know what you mean, though, about Bongayo and having the having them kind of shifted like that. Um, yeah, it's so. going to be confusing if you like using that control style, which mm -hmm. 
honestly, they they don't set it to default, but they say in the guide, we recommend you use this control style, which I don't know mm-hmm. why they didn't default it in the first place. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a Japanese thing that they couldn't change. Yeah. But yeah, I would prefer if they did that. Another best of Saturn from Peter. Uh, a lot of horror ones. Zeta's. Zeta's uh, Servant of Shale was a PC and Mac English release. Uh was ported to the Saturn. It's a Mist style game called Horror Tour uh, in its Saturn iteration. And yeah, honestly, I prefer Pissed, but that's just Pissed. Me. Uh, it's a it's an interesting one. It's one that only hit my radar a couple years ago on Halloween. I was looking for mm-hmm. creepy games. This is definitely like a creepy game. You're going through this Rodival castle, uh, maze like Rodival castle. Um, the castle was taken over by the evil Zetas, whose spell turned the castle invisible to human eyes and it's your job to set things right you have like this little uh you it's funny you so you use the controller you use the saturn controller d-pad to move around a mouse to click a (laughs) d-pad and i really (laughs) think that they should have just uh you know fixed that and reprogrammed it so that the d-pad does what the d-pad is supposed to do but there are like there are pictures that there are like picture frames that you have to click on and stuff like that so I guess for that reason, they kept it like this. But yeah, essentially, um, it's an interesting game. It's definitely uh, hard to understand because of the Japanese uh, language barrier. So if you're going to play this game, I almost recommend you playing, grab like on good old games or something, grab the original version on, on PC. But maybe this is a translation project, potential translation project, because again, it exists in English on PC and Mac. Um, so there's audio files and stuff like that, that could be not, not, not people who listen to high quality music, but audio files that could be, uh, injected maybe into the game or remuxed or whatever. And then there's a uh, cool, yeah. That, so yeah, I think it would be cool if somebody's looking to translate like a horror game. I think it's interesting. Um, but moving right along, we also caught up with seven shades, um, at PRGE to talk about CubeCat. Uh, Pat helped Nick film this, so you want to talk about this? Yeah, so this is a cool interview that uh, we did with uh, Seven Shades. Well, actually, it's more Nick. I just did the filming of it. Mm-hmm. But I got, like, certain angles. I don't know if I asked a question or not. I can't remember. But, yeah, it's just a cool article. have him playing Peach's Castle on the Sega Pluto, so I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the demo's pretty fun. He let us play that a little bit. Uh so I got some little work to do, but it was a lot of fun to try it out. Um, I think the only thing that, that I didn't really like about this interview is that this guy walked right in front of my lens and, and brushed it with his shoulder. Oh, no. So I don't – like, I was filming it, and you can see in the video that there's – that I, I, like, I, like, a, I like, a, like tremble a bit and go backwards. Oh, okay. Well, I'm filming him, and he just walks right through the camera shot and just rubs against my camera. I'm like, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, some folks aren't very self-aware. Uh, <laughs> I didn't notice yeah, that so happened. Was... They, uh, Nick did a good job editing it, I guess, because I didn't really even notice. But yeah, oh no, it, yeah, it's it's during the one the one guy that, that saying that they looked like he was stealing. Uh, see if I can find. Is, he is that hat on the moose the brown says hat. I'm that guy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, moose. Yeah, it happens around. Uh, if in the, if you watch the video, it happens around the the five twenty six mark. Mm-hmm. Five minute twenty six mark in that video. Okay. You see me pop back, but he just ran right in front of it. I'm like, dude. The five minute like, twenty. Okay, I'm going there. Yeah. So it's like no five minute twenty six. Oh, five minute exactly. twenty six. It's that dude right there in that hat. Oh, okay. Right there. That kid who wanted to buy. Uh, he wanted to buy one of Steve's uh, like cheap Saturns. 
Or he was interested in buying like a broken Saturn. Yeah, I remember that kid. Yeah, but he, he like right he right just in front really of rubbed right against it. It's like cool, thank you, dude. Thank you, dude. Well, appreciate that. He, I didn't a, need to buy the film anyway. Yeah, seemed kind of he seemed kind of like a young kid. Like he didn't he he was he was a bit really aloof. Aware. Yeah, a bit aloof. Anyway, for folks who don't know, CubeCat was a game that kind of dropped out of the woodwork a couple years ago for the competition. Uh, Seven Shades introduced himself to the community with this game. Like, here, hello, I'm Seven Shades, and I made this amazing game, and it just, like, dropped out of nowhere. We were all caught off guard. Really, really cool Shadow Drop game, and it's just gotten better since then. Um, he built this Peach's Castle demo area as kind of a stress for his engine basically he wanted to reveal the flaws kind of work out the kinks and figured that using some kind of like iconic 3d gaming area that everybody recognizes would be a good kind of divining rod i guess to uh to kind of work out the kinks and kind of stress his rendering engine because what he's done is he's moved away completely from sgl for the most part um and moved to his own rendering engine which i think has been helped by uh, folks like XL2. You know, um, this community really shares a lot of information, shares a lot of uh, tricks and stuff like that. And so I think, you know, but but yeah, he started from like zero, the bottom, basically the here. bottom, and now he started from the bottom. Now we here. Yeah, yeah. So that's a exactly. good reference. And uh, exactly. So learning to code in C, I guess most of the game uses C, and there's a little bit of uh, assembly. Um, Inline assembly for polygon functions, but 90% of it is C. Uh, that's a fake reflection, like that's a fake water and cloud reflection kind of thing. So that's mostly like artwork, basically using VDP2, uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was really good. And I think my favorite part of the interview I forgot as well to mention mm -hmm. is just uh, him playing on the Pluto and that guy that spontaneously came up and started asking him questions about it. Right, yeah. And it was cool, spontaneous. That like, kind of like fed into the answer. interview, exactly. Um, what else can we say? So there's three different layers of transparency. You've got sky, water, and underwater. Um, he's working on the drawing dis the draw distance to get it lower level of detail. So you can see the entire thing at once, which is tricky because the Saturn, uh, it, it, there's a fill rate thing. Basically it comes down to fill rate. If all the polygons are like right up in front of the camera, then it snags and it kind of drops frame rate really really bad but i i felt like this entire demo ran really well you know i think that i think that it, you played it right pat and it, it yeah, I play, played smoothly I played a right bit. yeah it yeah played. it played pretty smoothly uh it had some glitches like you can float in the air and hold the pounce right. position yeah cubecat and... has this new charge ability where he like can kind of dash in any direction right but he floats in the air before he does it yeah and this one he did and then it looks like he lost the double jump mm-hmm Oh, so I don't know if he that... took out the double jump. Uh, yeah, I, I could not do a double jump. Oh, when I was playing it. Interesting. That must be part of yeah him implementing this new ability. So I'm sure yeah it's very far from done, but he plans on releasing some kind of build for the contest. I believe that's what he said. Um, constantly tweaking his engine. He said seventy percent of the rendering um, has changed, or seventy percent of the rendering has uh, switched over to mm -hmm. like his own engine. Um, he's gone deeper, uh, not using the de default SGL library functions anymore. Uh, what else is worth saying? So SGL is still doing the matrix math functions to inject the polygons from the pipeline right before the final sort. 
that SGL does. SGL does the sort and then moves them over to VDP1, his own VDP1 renderer. Um, see, or so talking about uh, talking about bottlenecks, CPU bottlenecks. Basically, when you get the whole thing on screen, that's when it's kind of proves difficult. But that's what this whole engine was for. That's what the whole Peach's Castle thing was for. It's basically like a a stress demo, you know, kind of like those uh, Nvidia. <laughs> what a benchmark! It's like a benchmark, basically, you know. Yeah, and it's really cool. I really like the effort you put into it, and it's a really cool demo. Yeah. Um, I would say you guys should try it out, but uh, he hasn't released it publicly yet. But maybe for the competition, he'll do that. Mm-hmm. He recommends that um, folks who are looking into getting into Saturn development, that you just start small. Um, he, he said that CubeCat started because he just was trying to move a cube around. You know, So he started with Joe Engine, and he was just like, let's see if I can create a cube and move it around. And then once he was able to do that, he's like, well, let me see if I can add arms and legs to it. You know, let me see if I can make a jump. So you just start very small and, and give yourself realizable goals, you know, um, and then kind of, you know, get into the Sega Extreme forums, get into their Discord server and ask questions. You know, if they're if you're sincere and you show folks that you're all about action and, and you actually want you're not just you don't just have a pie in the sky idea and you're not going to do anything, but you like are doing the work, folks will help you. There's a bunch of humble folks over at Sega Extreme that are more than happy to show you the ropes so long as you don't waste their time. You know, you, you can't come to them and say like, oh yeah, I'm going to create like the most ambitious RPG ever and it's going to have all this stuff and they're going to be like, okay, yeah, you just keep it simple. start with a cube. <laughs> Let's see if you can move a cube around on the screen, you know? It's a, and, then, and then you just ask questions because folks want to help. They do. This community is great that way. Um, so yeah. Shouts to Seven Shades for being awesome and coming to our panel and coming to our booth and all he even like babysat the Pluto and our booth while well, we went to a bit, yeah. Yeah, so such a nice dude. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, and uh he Audi sorely got to play CubeCat on the Pluto, so that was kind of neat. You know, he said that was that was neat. Uh, what else, Pat? Oh, we, we released a podcast. Yeah, uh, we, yep, did. we I was, did. I was not on this, even though it credits me as being in it. So, Oh, that's funny. That kind of yeah, funny. that's funny, because uh, when he does the intro, he said you were there, and then I couldn't remember if you were actually there or not. But anyway, it I was, was not. Yeah, so check out this podcast, guys. I know it's it's uh it's been a while since we recorded this. We recorded this like right as uh right as Tears of the Kingdom had been like recently released. So back we're, in we're March, all, I think. Yeah, we're all talking about like playing Tears of the Kingdom and stuff on here. Um, but this was uh yeah talking about uh, early Sega Saturn PC ports. So you got Mist, SimCity 2000, Theme Park, and Magic Carpet. Uh, Mist was great. I think I think we all kind of agreed that it did what it needed to do. It it uh, it gave you a perfectly playable version of Mist if you didn't own a PC or if you want to play it even today and you're you're willing to accept the lower resolution, which I don't think really is that big of a deal. You've got saves, you've got mouse support. It's perfect. I love it. SimCity 2000 was a slog. Um, the, game's slow, the game's fun. Lots of folks enjoy this game, but play it on a PC because it just slows down to a crawl whenever you get a bunch of graphics on the screen and you got fires going on and stuff like that. Apparently somebody is trying to crash the game. They're, they they did a stream, or they're 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 trying to take on uh, Nick's challenge of of creating a, a a city big enough to just crash the memory. I'm not sure if they succeeded or not, but 
we all agree that theme park, if you want a simulation game, theme, theme park is a lot more fun. Uh, it runs well. It's a bullfrog game. So shouts to Frog Bowl. Bullfrog. I believe this was a Bullfrog interactive game. Uh, and it, it runs a lot better on the Saturn, and it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, manipulating the customers of your theme park and, you know, putting salt in the food to make them thirsty and buy drinks and all that stuff and uh, blocking the entrance so they have to walk around endlessly uh, <laughs> and spend money in your theme park. And then, of course, Magic Carpet. I think we all ex- agreed that... It was a really ambitious game that got a lot of praise in the industry for what it did technically. But most of the praise that people associate with Magic Carpet is actually for the DOS and PC versions, not the Saturn version, because the Saturn version makes a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. uh, in terms of graphics and, and ultimate uh, control when it comes to the gameplay. The, the con- a lot of sacking. The control is incredibly ham-fisted. So again, if you want to play these games, I would I would recommend SimCity 2000 and Magic Carpet. You go get the DOS version. But if you want to play Myst and Theme Park on the Saturn, good games. Good games. Um, that's a summary of that podcast in a nutshell. Well, listen, it's a lot of fun. We sat down uh, the morning that we had to say goodbye to Nick. Oh, I don't know if we really mentioned this, but this was the first time that we got to meet Nick in person. And that was amazing. Yeah. That was one of the best parts about PG, PRGE is just getting to see Nick and hang out with him. And uh, Sunday morning, we had to see him off because he had to get on a plane. So you want to talk about this? We sat down for breakfast. Yeah, we sat down for breakfast and talked. We I was did. joking. <laughs> we uh, talked. Uh, basically, um, we all sat down. We basically were like, we wanted to do a podcast the night before. And Nick was saying that he'd be able to stay for Sunday, but I guess things changed last minute, and mm-hmm. he had to go. So we had to get ready for a PRGE. So we decided to put the phone down, record a short podcast, or eating breakfast at the at the hotel we were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we want to dox that. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're not there we're now. We're at but the Hampton, like the, right? The, the Hampton and uh, we stayed in the, in the Hamptons. <laughs> it was good besides they tried to build me constantly for Be- random stuff yeah glitchy right glitchy system or whatever so a lot of a lot of fun a lot of fun thank you a lot of fun. Uh, but but the, the continental breakfast was uh really good they had they had like all the works eggs oh, bacon yeah. egg, sorry egg sausage i had waffles every day because i like waffles mm-hmm. so i had i had a lot of waffles a lot of eggs a lot of sausage yeah a lot of protein yeah, uh, Kay even Dave came. Dave made hot cocoa for me, yeah. On Monday, uh, uh, Kay came and uh, he enjoyed the continental breakfast with me <laughs> since you weren't there. I gave him a room key and I said, just flash this if, if anybody bothers you. But no, yeah, we got to sit and we got to we got to talk and stuff. It was nice. Yeah, so it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed the talk. We talked about the weird happenings, meeting uh, AVGN. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the con in general, some of the cool things that we did there. Uh, they talked about the panels they went to. I actually did didn't really go to really any panels, but I just went to one panel that day, that day. It was the uh, Two Girls One Ship on Sunday. Really mm. cool uh, podcast. Really insightful. Definitely recommend checking it out if you guys are into that. Really good people that run it. Uh, but yeah, I only did that. Uh, Show Breakfast Club should be a regular feature. Um, honestly, we could do that for the next one. Like yeah. next event, we could do that again. I love the idea. I mean, if folks don't care about the production value that much and you don't, you wouldn't mind like a, a little just sit down and record whatever and don't do any editing on it, I'd kind of be open to that. I mean, at least it'd be easy. You know, it'd be, it, if folks want that, I wouldn't be opposed. You yeah, know? I'd be done. Like, if we do like events, we just do it every breakfast. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe every breakfast, we'll see how our vibes are. Mm hmm. 
like I wouldn't be opposed to like just recording during breakfast and talking about like the happenings on like our thoughts. Scotty Mo is like production value. We are Sega fans. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, he's right though. Yeah, Pr production value is not a thing on some Sega things. But uh, yeah, I'm down yeah, if no, you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down if we do that uh, at cons and stuff. It'd be a cool little retrospective thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if we do, if we do game on expo, we could probably just go to an IHOP or something, or like, mm -hmm. or I'll make breakfast in my house or something. Yeah, it was just a little post mortem, basically going over all the stuff that that we saw and that we did. I really enjoyed. I went to a few. Uh, I went to a few panels. I went to the completely unnecessary CU podcast. Yeah, that was packed. It was funny. They were going. They were talking Tommy Tallarico. They were talking about the Amico. They were talking about what else? Uh, Wada games. You know. They're basically just doing their their show and like ragging on you know those folks in the industry. It's exactly what you would expect. Um, but I had to go, you know, because San Diego, right, represent those guys. And then uh, I went to uh, Retronauts. Retronauts was great. Another packed podcast. Uh, another packed uh, house, and it was basically another podcast episode. Took it to just, the fridge. They were talking about Mario in the media, basically. So they were talking about like all the cartoons, the the weird movie, the strange Did they talk about the anime the yeah anime they talked about they the, remastered every, recently every, yeah exactly yeah they talked about all that stuff it was pretty cool um what else uh john hancock which adam korlick uh i guess dropped in on that and he did most of the talking honestly but it, it became was, the adam korlick it panel. became the adam korlick panel uh and then what else g to the next level was able to catch part of his oh and audi's podcast or audi with limited run games and Jeremy Parrish were talking about plumbers don't wear ties. So that was a lot of, that was probably the funniest uh, panel that I went to. Cause I had no idea that Audi is, is like a comedian, but that guy is so funny. I swear. Like Do you want to talk about the attendance of those panels too. I know that you want to. About what? The oh, attendance of the panels. The attendance. Well, um, our panel was pretty packed don't didn't you feel like our panel was like, half was like 50 the, half or 60 room. people yeah i mean we had yeah. everybody come sit up front but it, it i mean k could tell you because he was in the room he he probably paid attention more than we did um because we had lights in our face but i think it was like half the room was filled and it was like a conference room so well i mean i um, saw it i i could see i i was making sure to do eye contact with everybody in the audience yeah poor Plus, steve he's like i didn't theater, get to so. any panels at the show because he was just selling the whole time you know so um but yeah, Kay says like half the room was filled in. I think he took some pictures too. Um, yeah, I think you're saying that some of the other panels were not as filled out. Yeah, some of the other panels weren't. Um, the like I said, uh, Retronauts and Retronauts and uh, CU podcasts were filled out, but everything else was just about the same as ours, basically. So, and I don't know if that says more about people not going to panels and just wanting to do the arcade or the show floor, or if uh, yeah, or, and we had or, stiff competition too, though, too, because. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the AVGN panel was at the same time, was like starting before that. Yeah. And then the and then Adam Corlick's panel was happening at that same time as well. Good thing is they told me that next year they plan to do three rooms, three different panels, and that they're, none of them are going to step on each other's toes. So technically, if you wanted to see every panel uh, and you had the time or something, you could. I, I don't know how they're going to work that. But that's what, that's what Gerald told me is that they were going to use like three different rooms next year and they were going to try to schedule it so that folks could technically go to everything if they wanted to yeah no um, i think that's a great idea i mean it's gonna i mean time's gonna have to be scheduled differently but i think uh well you don't want to see everything right you don't want to see everything but there are certain things you want to see right you know so um 
man, I can't believe we have one more to talk about, but it was just, I just added it today. We did the video, Saturn Wireless Pro Controller. We heard about it last year. Nothing physical has changed except for hall sensor sticks, which can't really be perceived. The difference, you can't, we couldn't mm -hmm. notice the difference and we wouldn't, right? It's just another input method, but uh, you would notice the difference in the long run in terms of durability and wear. So that's, that's kind of that. Um, it's bigger in the hands. You can kind of see here in a picture, that's kind of the size difference between a regular Saturn pad and this pad. Uh, Nick's got, you know, reasonable size hands. Pat, we all have about the same size hands. We all agree yeah. that, that it's a little bit to get used to the heft, the weight and the size of it is different than what you expect basically. Mm -hmm. But we all agreed that the build quality was superb probably the best uh, build quality that they've done so far in a controller. It feels like a premium product in the hands. Um, we all agree that folks will... Mo Why is this not loading? Oh, there we go. So there's the old uh, early revision that, or the old early prototype that everybody bemoans and laments how they changed to the low profile sticks. Again, the result of that change is less weight less chance of snagging in your bag and it looks more like a Saturn pad at least they argued it looks more like a Saturn pad now than uh than it did when it had these bulky nubs on there so you folks you know will continue to complain about that I'm sure and it's not going to please everybody but for most people you should go into this controller think uh seeing it as a a great you know switch PC PS3 controller that also is compatible with Saturn analog um and yeah, I just talk a little bit about the proprietary circuit in the 3D analog control pad. And that's why I don't think that people should judge it so harshly uh, based purely on whether it accurately uh, emulates the 3D control pad or not, because I don't think any third party controller at this point is going to have that, um, you know, very specific circuit. Um, so, you know, as far as input goes, ac you know, the accuracy and how it feels, um, it gets very, very close. Right, Pat? Yeah, no, it, it felt really good. I think uh, for the most part, besides little issues here and there that uh, I think you brought up at the thing with the, 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 the pad. Like, I, I felt the sticks were really nice. We felt the sticks were you, good. I had problems with the, the L and R triggers. And yeah, they kept saying, they kept saying that well. the demo units were beat up and that they wanted us to get our hands on some review units before we gave our final verdict, which I was perfectly fine with um so yeah i didn't make a big deal of it in this article um and you know i i think that what we experienced could probably be patched out in a firmware update so i don't think it's a huge issue the actual the actual triggers themselves feel good and they feel like an improvement over the previous uh controllers do they not yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a missed opportunity yeah. yeah i mean it is it, a, it is a missed opportunity that the the l2 and r2 triggers whatever or Z, ZR and Z yeah it's it's a missed opportunity that they have the, that like significant travel and yet they're just digital you know um, but again the excuse for that is that this is basically a switch controller the switch well that's 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 the reason they always give right is well the switch doesn't have analog um, triggers right so yeah. that that basically translate that to this is a switch controller right you know basically that's like that's like the folk the primary focus is that this is kind of like a a really cool switch controller that also happens to work as a Saturn analog 3D controller. But I really just think that that's the expectation folks are going to have, whether you want to buy it or not. Base it on base it on how valuable it is as a, as a switch controller, and I mean the fact that you can also use it with your Saturn. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I, we no, need for to sure. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Say what, say I, what you wanted I, to say. I'm going to bring up the Patreon stuff. Yeah. I guess the final note on that is that I think it feels pretty good. Um, like I said the, the shoulder buttons were weird, but like I said, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, the shoulder thing for the most part, for the record, the shoulder triggers, I had no problem with them last year. No problem whatsoever. So yeah. the, it was, I think it was a mapping issue because they did mention that they changed the mapping and that that was a firmware thing. So again, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I, I sent him an email and I, and I told him exactly like, you know, what we're, what we're looking at and what I'm hoping that they will work on before they release it. So yeah, yeah I and, I, and I did express to them as well that mm-hmm. I told them one of the biggest features is that they should put in support. There's two sticks. Put in support for twin sticks. Yeah, twin absolutely. Stick. And that's one that they actually seemed really enthusiastic about. They were like, yes, it's totally possible. Yes, we'll totally get around to it. It's a firmware update indeed. You know, they just have to patch. They just have to um, patch it in and then have some kind of macro to, for you to be able to change it, you know, to, to twin stick mode. But it's totally doable is what they said. So yeah, this, this, this will open up like this will be like, oh, well, you don't have to. You don't have to buy like a whole giant stick from Japan anymore. You can just get this and you have twin sticks. So it'd be perfect for people that want to do Absolutely. virtual on, but don't want to import a stick or pay a hundred dollars plus for right. one of them. And, and, uh, and bulk slash since bulk slash has twin stick mode right now. Right. You know, so you try controlling it that way too. Um, Oh, so, Scott almost scared me. I thought I said I didn't say I saw yeah on board with Pat. I think he meant I'm on board with Pat because I just saw the first like that was the base miss for the GC retro fighter. No second stick for twin stick stuff. Scotty, you scared me for a second. I thought I was, you thought you said I was boring you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I like, I, but I saw the rest of it and I get your message. You're on board. You're with you're with my message. So yeah, I think that's the the killer app. I think if they do that, I would recommend people buy it just for the twin stick support. Mm-hmm. That's how much I'm enthusiastic about that. So um, we really are up on time, and I do have to wrap this up, but I want to read off our patron uh, supporters. We got 35 people in the chat right now. On the, yeah, on a new the, one, I, too. We got a new one, absolutely. So going in alphabetical order, we'll start with A Murder of Crows. Thank you, Kay. Appreciate your uh, support. Blue Moon 95 Brock, the Archivist. This is our new patron supporter. We appreciate you, dude. $20 VIP patron, and uh, thank you for helping us keep the lights on on the website. For the I show have a free tier now or something like that because i say add that recently because we have like a bunch of free tier people yeah i don't so, know what that's about i guess it's like a subscribe thing so when the stuff is public i guess hmm. so okay. i guess it's, i didn't know I guess that. that's cool inflate the numbers i guess a bit that's cool uh kind of weird though uh we're not really gonna do much for the free guys so sorry about that um, keep going i'm sorry okay cerulean chris piper we got chris 1997 xx daniel Fredrickson. David Zaney, he's here with us in the chat. Uh, let's see, Derek Pascarella, aka A Team, Emerald Nova, Fat Drunk Friend Otaku, Gem Clash or Rank, Johannes Fetz, Mr. Joe Engine himself, Justin Ma- uh, Memphis, we got Michael Sabag, we got Nate Lawrence, Normal Guy, Nutrageous, Robert Ramsey, Rowan Dinked, Sega Steve, Shadow Mask. Stone Man, Tanuki Trev, and Young Money Sweet. All of Tony. those guys are supporting us at the $10 and up level. You can have your name read uh, live on the podcast or on the Shiro Show if you want, uh, if you support us at the $10 up level, or um, have access to our 
all our insider channel on discord i think if you do what three dollars three dollars and up yeah, yeah three dollars and up so but thanks huge thanks to all those guys for being heavy hitters uh in terms of supporting Shiro. i mean you guys made it possible for pat and i and nick to go to prge and be able to report on stuff and get the you know really n- no no joke um so yeah, you, you guys you guys are the goats you guys are awesome you n- normal guy yeah you heard right there's we do have a a supporter named Normal Guy. Um, I'm surprised we're at three hundred sixty-one dollars on Patreon. Knight mentioned, Dang, Knight did, thank you guys. So Knight did mention the fact that he is not a fan of the Gully Kit replacement sticks. Those those switch hall sensor sticks, mm-hmm. and I do believe that those are the sticks that they're using in the Saturn Wireless Pro controller. Because I am not currently aware of any other competing sticks on the market, any other vendors offering replacement hall sticks in that form factor. So I'm 99% sure, even though they would not go on record telling me who their vendor was. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, Papetsu, I'm trying to read your messages, but I do miss stuff because I'm doing a show. I think it's I, in the normal guy oh, okay. question. Oh, okay. Um, what was the question? I think it just. I think it's just. Did he hear correctly? It's called, he's a person named Normal Guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're back in Normal Guy. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I think that's what the message was. If but not, anyway, just replay it. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's worth. Uh, Knight has the Gully Kit Zen controller, the King Kong controller. He also got the replacement uh, wireless hall, or he got the hall sensor sticks for his Switch. Put him in. Not a fan. So that's just. I think that that's worth saying. You know. Um, we tested them out. We didn't really notice any difference uh, between those and the Alps sticks, to be completely honest with you. They felt like Switch Joy-Con sticks. Um, so I don't really have any negative feedback. But then again, I didn't really get to play it for that long. So I definitely want to get my hands on uh, a review sample so I can really, you know, put it through its paces. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, we felt really positive about the about the retro bit pads. Um, had a lot of good things to say. Not not 100%, but definitely on the positive side, for sure. They've gotten a lot better at a lot of stuff, especially like the build quality. The D-pad feels better. The shoulder triggers feel better. The whole build feels better. Everything is very solid. Nothing rattles. It's, it's, it's a little heavier. Feels more premium, for sure. Um, and I'm not just, uh, what do you call it, shilling for this company. I, 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 they're one of the very few companies interested in supporting Sega and Sega you know, consoles. And they're doing a pretty good job improving on a lot of the faults that they've had in the past. So that 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 keeps me happy. Um, is it going to re- completely replace my 3D analog control pad? Hell no. Uh, but then again, I'm very anal about a lot of stuff. It and might I, replace I the twin stick, though. It might replace the twin stick, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I might use it a lot for a lot of other stuff besides, like, knights specifically, you know? But definitely. Um, yeah, uh, before we go, uh, Pavetsu said, uh, I was about what you said a few shows ago when you asked yourself, what am I doing the Shiro show? Oh, and just, yeah, 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 yeah. a hobby. Yes, Pavetsu, I did read those kind of quietly. I did, we had to blaze past it, but yeah, no, I did. And, and again, I wasn't having like a midlife crisis or anything when I'm asking, why are we doing Shiro? Uh, it's just, I, I'm gearing up for a podcast that I want to record, you know, like John Hancock was talking to me about the same stuff at, at PRGE, you know, like mm-hmm. you get to be like 40 or 41 or something. You start asking like, what's the legacy? What's the takeaway? What, what, what do we want to leave behind with all of this? You know? And I think that, I think the community though, is the thing that I, that I want to be the legacy here uh, for the most part with Shiro. You know, I just, I want a lot of people to come together. I want a lot of uh, folks to find each other to develop, you know, working 
uh, teams making cool projects, uh, you know, online tournaments, that kind of thing. That's really, that's really the main focus for me. Um, and I mean, all the other cool stuff that we do in the process, I think is great. But yeah, I just, uh, I just think it's awesome that we have this community and that it's so alive, right? You know, and so active. Yeah, and and I just want to say that I guess to me, I actually like the fact that I view it more as a business than a hobby. Right. Oh, uh, to me, uh, to me, if I could quit my job and just do this, that, mm-hmm. like I love my job. You don't get me wrong, but it's that it's the whole idea of like making this my full time job mm-hmm. and like being able to support myself on it. I would do it in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and i love my job like where i work i'm not going to dox myself but i love my job so much mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite jobs and i would not ask and of course i'm not saying anything bad about my other job but it's just the idea that you know you work your own thing you know you mm-hmm. be your own boss thing you make your own hours i i want to do that i want to mm-hmm. be i just want to keep making sure bigger and bigger if i can mm-hmm. and that's and i guess maybe there's different views dave and i have on that i think dave might feel kind of the same right in oh, a yeah. way Sure. I mean, yeah, it, I absolutely love my job and I love Shiro, you know, and, uh, it's not, I don't want anybody to read in too much <laughs> to that, uh, to that, uh, pondering or whatever. I was just, it was just something I said out loud on a, on a Shiro show, I guess. Yeah. He actually talked to somebody about that. I'm not going to say who it was, but yeah. he talked to somebody about that and they were a bit confused on why he was asking. It's like, yeah. sounds like you're having a mid life crisis dude. But <laughs> I, I, I thought, I thought the response was funny, but I get but I get where Dave's coming from, though. I right. like you know you wanna you're getting older. You wanna leave a legacy. You wanna be like I don't want to be that fan that had a bunch of games. I want to be you know remember for what I do. Which well, it's I, like Sega themselves. If you look at Sega, their legacy is all these old games that we love so much. It's certainly not as a holdings company. It's certainly not as Sammy. I don't think Sammy is gonna have nearly as much of a legacy as Sega did. Ninety Sega did, you know, and because Ninety Sega was willing to take risks, Ninety Sega was a different company really you know so i know i just did that that was just something that i was thinking about that's all uh k says i should buy a muscle car interesting okay well honestly, we'll see honestly I'll work on that. driving around that that 350 i actually was telling k i actually might consider doing that but honestly i kind of want to get type r over we that really Not, do, no offense we really do have to roll credits here though because yeah, i gotta I get say in. strange yeah, one more thing. Strange Moon said, you guys ever heard of Nocturne game, PC? Remember Dreamcast game never come? I actually never heard of Nocturne, unfortunately. Uh, send me info on that, and we'll talk about it in the next show. Definitely. I, I, I saw that. a post I don't about mean to that. cut you off. No, definitely. I want, I, I'm, I want info on that as well. Yeah, send uh, us info sure. in the chat and Discord. We'll talk about it. I'm sorry. If anybody wants to comments. Until next time, this has been Saturn Dave and Trainoco and Danthrax reminding you that you must... Play Sega Saturn. Play Sega Saturn, boys. Until next time, we'll catch you later. See ya.